Today, we're bringing back somebody to the show who has one of the most inspiring stories of our guest. And he's going to talk about how despite one of his products being shut down for more than half of the year last year, he was able to crush his 2020 revenue goals by over $100,000. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. And we've got one of our uh, all-time favorite guests here back on the show, Sharon. Sharon, how's it going? Man, it's going great, sir. How you doing, boss? I'm doing just delightful, and and... Guys, whenever somebody comes back on the show, it's been about a year and a half or so since Sharon was on here, but uh, we don't go into their entire backstory because you guys should have already heard about that. But in case you're new to the show, what you can do is you can pause this episode right now and then hop on over to helium10.com forward slash podcast or or just uh, search for it on your whatever app you're listening to and go to episode 112. 112, that's one of my favorite groups of the 90s. Sharon, you're, you're about my age. You remember that group, right? That's where the players dwell. Exactly where the players dwell. <laughs> right. So guys, episode 112, you, you'll get uh, Sharon's backstory. Really inspiring, was a military veteran and then you know thought he was going to work as a Walmart greeter. And then all of a sudden, he learned about the Amazon opportunity and, and he's been crushing it. And so let's just, first of all, recap, You know, kind of like fast forward to the end of that episode. You, I believe at the time, this was like, like January or something of, of 2020. Okay. You were uh, around a quarter of a million uh, from that one product that you had started. Was that is that right? That is correct. I was hitting around two twenty something. Okay, okay. And then I remember you had said you had um, you had grown a, a, a Facebook uh, audience to like seventeen thousand uh, followers, and, and that had helped. And then you were you were you were uh, launching different variations of that one product. But so let let's just catch up. This was right, this was before COVID, yeah. <laughs> before COVID when, when you were on the episode. So obviously a lot in the world and I'm sure your Amazon business has changed. So let's just catch up with what's been going on in the life of Sharon for the last uh, year or so. So how in the beginning of, of, of COVID, like when, when Amazon started locking things down, like were you yeah. affected by that? Like were you unable to replenish or what? Yes, most definitely. So my first product was um, thankfully considered a, an essential product. I don't know how, but I'm not going to complain. Um, so at the top of the year, I had grossed uh, 220 for 2019. Saw that that was a triple from 2018. So I figured it's time for me to expand and grow. Mm -hmm. um, started doing my research and I came across my second product, which I launched in February. And okay. as soon as I launched it in February. Same, same brand? Same brand, different product, okay. uh, different category. And um, from February, what was it? The 7th to the April 1st, I sold 600 units in 51 days. Wow. Yeah. Of the new one or the old one? Of my second product. So oh, nice. I, I was thinking it's on its way. It's on its way. Uh, it's time to order big, this, that, and the other. Well, right before I made the order, guess what happened? Mm-hmm. COVID hit. Yep. So uh, COVID placed... Amazon did their uh, problem control and placed my second product in a non-essential 
uh, list, so I could not order. And goodness gracious, they put me out of um, stock for about seven months. Seven months? Yes, sir. Well, so okay, so so then you you sold those. Was your initial order something like six, seven hundred units? Was that like your ent- right. the entirety of your first order? Yes. Okay, so then you sold out of it, and you're all excited. And then did you put money down on the second order, and then you had to stop it, or you kind of like didn't even order it because you could already see the writing on the wall that you weren't going to be able to right. send it into Amazon? So, so mid February I started selling. March is when they locked everything down, and I couldn't order anything, and I mm-hmm. just had to watch my inventory dwindle down all the way till April seventh or April first or whatever, and then. Hoping they had said, Amazon said um, April 5th that they were going to lift the non-essential and start ordering. Well, that didn't happen because we had a second round of uh, COVID or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, it just couldn't happen. So when that when that deadline fell through, I put the funds into my first product because I was allowed to to order, reorder that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I redirected funds. And when they finally opened it up in like, what, June or something like that? I didn't have the funds to uh, restock my second one, and I was kind of still growing my first product, and I actually re-upped on my second product in October, September, October. Okay. Now, throughout this whole time, was the listing just sitting there? Did you close it? Did you suppress it? Did you do anything at all or just left it uh, out of stock? So I learned something. I did not close it, and I kept it active as long as it would. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that is because when returns come back, Amazon decides whether or not it's sellable or not. And between April and I guess June or whatever, I got like 20 sales because I had like 20 mm-hmm. refunds. So, okay. Yep. Yep. I, I've know, been in the same boat. Yeah, uh, PSR would creep up and then I'll take a dip because I made a sale and then it'll creep up again and I'll take a dip because I made a sale. And that was beneficial because when I came back in September, um, I was at 450 something thousand BSR ranking. And then I got the on the third day back, I dropped down to ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you start getting sales right off the bat, your your BSR will definitely reflect that. So then you kept the listing open, and and thankfully there was no uh, hijackers who, who right. had tried to hijack you know while you were gone or or anything like that. And uh, how how was your keyword your keyword rankings? I'm sure you were using Helium Ten for your keyword rankings during your during your initial launch, and and you probably got to page one for some of your main keywords. Right. What was it like as soon as you came back in the stock? Were you immediately at the same position that you had left off on page one, or did it take a few days? Did it take a week, or what, it, what happened there? I was definitely not at the same spot after seven months of being inactive. Okay. Um, I was around page four, page five when I came back. And a week after that, I was around page one, page two for the majority of my uh, high search volume keywords. Well, and do you think this was pretty much just from a PPC or did you do any search find by or, or any Facebook ads or anything like that? Most definitely PPC because when I came back, I treated it as a relaunch. Yeah. And um, I dumped money all day into PPC and mm-hmm. um, strategically, of course, and I got it back down in the back running. And currently, um, well, Around November until now, it's been about 10 to 15 sales a, a day. Okay. Now, did you leverage your, your, your audience, your brand's audience at all for that relaunch? Absolutely. Um, I, I engaged them with, because um, I knew, well, I felt that it was a good product to go, right? So I started, um, you know me, I love variations. So during that seven months, I, I engaged my group to give me, 
new color options that they would want to see and keep them mm-hmm. engaged that way. And I came out with two more variations um, during my relaunch. And when I relaunched it, I let everybody know. And maybe they bought, maybe they didn't, but I, I got back up to 10 to 15 sales a day. Okay. What, what's your uh, Facebook audience up to now? I, I believe it was like 17,000 in the beginning yeah. of last year. Yeah, I've, um, I haven't been promoting the, the, the group as much, so it's only at 18,000 right now. Okay. But now that I've opened up my Shopify store and I have to drive traffic because I don't, no one knows my website, uh, yeah. Facebook is definitely the, the way to go for my okay. audience anyway. D- did you open up any other forms of social media outside of your Facebook group like you know instagram or tiktok or anything like that i have instagram and pinterest i'm currently working on how to figure out pinterest you mentioned how because you weren't able to reorder your second product you just poured all your your earnings back into the first one and and i'm assuming you know you you were opening up variations or, or whatever now in retrospect if your hand wasn't forced like like happened with amazon do you think it would have been better off not pouring so much money back in that first product and then spread and de- developing that second product? Or did it work out for you? Like, because you poured in so much money back to that first product, you were actually able to scale that one a lot more than you would have had you had to divide your, your attention. I wish I had hindsight, but um, my plan was to uh, pour into the first product. And here's why, because I'm, I'm brand registered now. I got brand registered around April, March, somewhere up on there. And okay. um, they have the, the virtual bundles. So my first product, I, I get about 500 impressions a day. And if I put my virtual bundles on my first product, they'll see my second product. That was the goal. And um, because I had to pour more money into it, I opened up more variations. And um, when you think about it, in the end, it worked because I, I started it with 220-something uh, thousand. In 2019, but 2020, I yielded... 449, I believe it was. Are you tracking your virtual bundle uh, sales? I haven't started it yet. <laughs> oh, you haven't started it yet? Okay. No, I haven't started it yet. Okay. I've been wanting to do a, a mini case study on those because it's 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 unique to me. It's I see a lot of big sellers doing it, but uh, it's it's so weird, you know, because you can only track it through this one special report because they just show up kind of like as individual orders yep. from the individual SKUs. So it's kind of hard to like figure out you know, which ones were virtual bundles if you're not looking at this one special report. So, I'll, and then you can't send PPC directly to it unless it's a brand um, sponsored brand ad. So I definitely want to to get into that. So I'll definitely have to hit you up once you, once you get started, get started with that, with that. Yeah. Now, overall, what did you end your, your 2020 and overall sales with all this stuff that, that, that happened, obviously probably could have been more, but what, what did you end up with about in gross sales? So 456,000, hundred thousand, and gross revenue based on my profit uh, tool from Helium 10. Okay. And that's a net Excellent. profit Excellent. of uh, 116K with a 26% profit margin. Excellent. Now, now that money, like like you mentioned during the summer, you were just taking all the proceeds and sticking it back in your, 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 your company. Right. Has that continued? Or now are you at the point where now you're you're pulling money out and, and you know, I'm not necessarily buying a Rolex or anything like that, but uh, uh, I remember before you had, I don't remember, um, you had talked about you're trying to buy a house or a car or something like that. Like what, what have you been able to use the money for, if anything? Yeah. So the way I, the way I handle my profits is um, I spend the necessary on, on utilities and bills of that nature. And I save the rest until the top of the year. And at the top of the year, after taxes, whatever's left, I use that as that, that current year's salary. 
So my salary is in the rear. Um, at mm-hmm. the top of 21, I finished out with about 60,000 after paying everything. So 60 of the 116K. Mm-hmm. And um, I was blessed enough um, by God to, to flat out buy my wife a, a 21 Camry. And that's what I did. Nice. Is she is she working? Um, no, I'm I'm the breadwinner. Now has that has been, that been the case for a while, or 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 did she was it she or was it something where she was able to stop because you were pulling in more money? Um, uh, no, nah, it's it's been like that since eighteen, and that's because of the biz, Amazon business and the military pension. Okay, okay, excellent, excellent. So she's definitely not complaining about the. I remember before that was that was one that was one of the things in that episode we talked about how right. you guys had this plan to put the money in the house and this and that and you had to convince her to to let you take some of that deposit money and put right. it into your Amazon education and 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 startup right. People listen to me when I tell you it's definitely hard to just pull fifteen uh, fifteen thousand dollars on a dream from a house mm-hmm. fund and yep. um, that's why I got her the thank you gift. You know, it took about yep. three yep. years, but I, I did it. Is she or any of your kids involved at all in your Amazon business? Funny you should mention that. They're not involved in my Amazon business, but my youngest, six-year-old, she's interested in how I'm working from home. So uh-huh. just last Sunday, we did a lemonade stand, and this woman, this girl made $50 in 40 minutes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Off a of lemonade. Well, what's she putting in that lemonade? Cuteness. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and it never can start too young. I had my kids uh, packing Fulfilled by Merchant and putting FN SKU stickers since the age of like seven, eight years old <laughs> here at this house. So, and now they're, they're, they're kind of like employees because, you know, I, I run a lot of uh, brands as, as case studies, but you know, I only got like five hours a week to, to spend on Amazon. So mm-hmm. most of the work my family actually uh, takes care of. So they don't like, they don't have the passion for, for Amazon as much as me, but, but they got a passion for that paycheck. That, I, that I'm giving them. So uh, right. it's regardless, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's good learning experience for, for their future endeavors. I think e-commerce is the way to go, man. They, um, mm-hmm. you know, our kids have not done the 20 plus years of, of nine to fives like we have. So they don't understand. This is yeah. a great opportunity. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Now, what else in 2020 happened? Like uh, any other, I mean, obviously that, you know, not being able to replenish your, your product was, was a big problem. Um, what other roadblocks, if any, did you run into in the last year since I talked to you uh, on the show last? Well, okay. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, around February, I was talking to a peer of mine and I wanted to show them my product. And, you know, after being established, one of the fastest ways to find your product on Amazon is to search for your brand name. Mm-hmm. As I searched for my brand name, right beneath, right beneath my product, was another product with the same brand name of the same caliber. And this dude had not hijacked my listing. He hijacked my brand name. Hmm. And that scared me because I did not have the trademark in place. Okay. And so um, after 18 months of selling my first product and one day of selling my second product, I applied for trademark, two word marks and two brand marks on two different products and um, prayed to God that my approval for a brand got approved before his. So, so well, hold, hold on. D- did you do, 
Did you do it through like the IP accelerator or did you just try and do on your own the trademark first before starting the process with brand registry? Right. So I talked with my mentor and he gave me a website to go to. And that same night around 11 o'clock at night, I filed it right in and there. I probably could have went through IP accelerator to get brand registered because it's a whole lot faster. But yeah. I, I went through trademark. Yeah. And um, it got done. So it was for the USA? Yeah. Uh, you, you did the trademark for the USA? Mm-hmm. So then that process to actually get it, that serial number that you need or that registration number that you need to show to brand registry, was that like, what, five months, six months? So the um, this was before they were allowing just the serial number before getting fully approved. Uh-huh. So um, I went from February to about October-ish. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that sounds about right for, that was why I always got mine in Germany because- U.S. is is too slow, and, and things were even more slow. Yeah, anything government related, <laughs> like I, I sent in my passport like in March, right when COVID started. I didn't get my passport, my re- renewed passport, back until like like July or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, I know government stuff was was pretty slow during that time. Now you got the brand registry. Uh, any any roadblocks to there? You know, I've heard some horror stories lately. People like got the trademark and then Amazon sends them a message. Oh no, you know you can't have brand registry because of this and that reason. Or, or was that pretty much a smooth process for it you? It was definitely a smoother process than most because I had already had my brand name on my products and uh, on my listing. Uh, some some people will start out with unknown as a brand name and then try to get it changed over to their brand name once they're brand registered. I didn't have that issue. Um, the one problem I did have is that I did not know that once you get brand registered or approved for brand registry, you also mm-hmm. have to apply for a brand registered store and to um, advertise as a brand. And mm-hmm. I did not know that. And that probably- well, You're talking about like like uh, making the storefront? Yes. It, yes. And it's like three weeks after, you got to apply for that after you get approved for brand registry. I thought you, it was an all-in-one package. Yeah. But it's not. Okay. So then obviously that was one of the first things you did was, was make your storefront. I'm assuming, did you do some like uh, a plus content or did you do some uh, sponsored brand ads, sponsored display? I did. Did you, what kind of things did you take advantage of now that you had brand registry? Right, so I have my listings for virtual bundles. I haven't cut them on yet because I'm waiting for inventory. I have taken advantage of the sponsored brand uh, PPC, which is awesome. And I have taken advantage of posts. A lot of people don't know about posts, but post is free advertisement for brand registered products. Mm-hmm. And I take advantage of that in the store. And it turns out my store gets, it generates um, traffic all on its own. And I have a 10% conversion rate just from that alone. Okay. Did, did you ever take a look at your, your sessions and, and things like that to see how, you know, th- these, these additions, you know, positively benefited you? Uh, I never compared the two, but I did see an increase in my sessions. Okay. Okay. All right. What do you use brand analytics now for? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that was pretty exciting to be able to, to have access to, to that if, after not having it for the first year of your selling. Right. I, I find though that brand analytics is, is a hard set of tools to, to uh, measure for a product that has variations inside of a category where most people have yes. variations. And mm-hmm. um, I really would hope that Amazon would come with something more specific for variations, but uh, the top keywords, the top search keywords in brand analytics and stuff like that doesn't really apply when, when you have so many variations, you know? 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see how that happens because the clicks and things like that are kind of distributed amongst everything. So it's kind of a little bit harder to get top three uh, in the clicks to even show up there. All right, guys, quick break from this episode for my BTS Bradley's 30 seconds. Here's my 30 second tip. We've got a new Chrome extension out and it has a a new interface for X-Ray. And one of the cool new features is, is it helps you see how many keywords on the page has a certain or has that uh, a keyword in phrase form in the title. And so, um, you know, you guys know how important that is from episode 200 of the Maldives honeymoon, how it's a great way to find product opportunity. If you can find keywords with significant search volume where the search keyword does not appear that many times in phrase form in the title on page one. So now just hit X-ray on any search page and then hit the filter button. And then under title keyword search, go ahead and put that searched for keyword and then it'll tell you how many times it's on the first page. We talked a little bit about the bad things, you know, some of the good things like getting brand registry. What were some of the pleasant surprises, if any, you had in 2020? Well, that I was able to continue and double my revenue for the year. You know, I I did not anticipate that with everybody being affected by COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, even in the e-commerce world, people were being affected. But, um, I was able to double my revenue and that was a pleasant surprise because I, I did brace the shock, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So any unique new strategies that you started uh, testing out that did or did not work uh, that you haven't mentioned yet? Right. So um, when I relaunched my Facebook, I mean, my, um, my second product, a unique strategy that I tried and did not work for me, but works for some of my students is, um, Facebook Marketplace, yeah. not only Facebook Marketplace, but being able to boost that ad amongst all of the neighboring cities around you, it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that's a really good situation, especially if you're around a major metropolitan area. So that was a, it didn't really work for me because uh, all I got was the the responses that say, is this still available? Like, well, if you read it, it's online, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But yeah, that's one that didn't work. One that did work for me is um, I, a call out PPC or iso, uh, um, keyword isolation. So what I did is I, I checked six months worth of data to find out which was my best performing keyword over those six months. And um, I found one that was more than double the second uh, ranked keyword. So I thought to put that into a campaign by itself. Okay. And sure enough, that keyword with its own budget has been thriving. I'm like ranked three for it. And it gets double the sales of any other campaign that I have right now. And then, so did you then like negative match it in the thing that you took it out of or like stop it in the other one and just now it's only in its own campaign? Nope, I sure didn't. And here's why. If mm-hmm. I, I have a theory about if it's yeah, I, I don't do that either, by the way, uh, I'm the same as you, but go ahead. If it's profitable, why stop it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was pulling like 25% in the campaign where it had other keywords to compete with. And in the um, isolated campaign, it was pulling like 8%. I pulled that together, you know, dump money in that. If it's profitable, you know, tacos, tacos is the, uh, the bottom line here, you know? And I'm talking for uh, Are you using ads for managing all your campaigns? 
I am. I'm using ads for uh, semi-management. I am the t- stickler who likes to approve bottom line all changes. Same here. Uh, I, I don't have one automation on for, for any of the 150 campaigns I do. Uh, I know ads has that, but I, I like to be at least be able to say yes or no uh, yep. before approving it. I love how it crunches the numbers. I love how it breaks down all the analytics for me. I take them um, an hour or so and look at those and I yes, no, ignore, whatever the case may be. I change the uh, work towards the ACOS standard, like change it from uh, 30% down to 22% for this year because of whatever. But um, as far as final approval, yeah, that got to be me. Okay, good, good. Same. We're on the same page. Now, you've got two main products, I guess, and, and it's interesting. You know, yeah. you said it's the same brand, except it's a different category. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. You know, some people don't think you can do that, but you absolutely can. Do you have a third product in mind yet, or are you just sticking with these two and now you're going to focus on trying to expand to other markets like Shopify? Yep. So one of my things that I teach is um, there's three ways to expand or diversify. You can expand in domains, and that's something I did in uh, 2020. I opened up the uh, Canada and Mexico floodgates, and I'm trinkling through those. You can. So you're just doing the one, the North American fulfillment one, where you fulfill from your Amazon USA inventory, or did you actually physically send inventory to the other countries? No, I did the remote fulfillment. Okay. Easy way to do it. Um, Another way of expansion is um, platforms, Shopify, Walmart, you know, Amazon. And another one is expanding your catalog. Well, Mm -hmm. as you know, my two products, um, the first one has 24 variations. The second one only has six right now, but I have the uh, potential to go up to 30 or 40 if I want. And the plan is to go up to 30. But my avenue for expansion right now was Shopify, which I just launched about a week ago. Okay. Oh, just one week ago. All right. What what was uh what motivated you to do that? Ownership. I really want to own my customers, uh, customers' data, excuse me. And I I I really want to challenge myself to have my own website produce as much revenue as my Amazon's website. And the reason I'm interested in it is because my fees to fulfill are considerably lower using a 3PL um, warehouse that I have. Okay, so you, you're you're not shipping any of this stuff out of your house. You have a 3PL who is um, taking the orders and, and shipping them. Yep. So is it automated? Like, uh, you know, are they, like, did you get, did you give them like a sub user account to your, like your Shopify account? So they're just like, automatically get the orders or are you doing something old school where you're having to email them addresses or, or how, how are you managing that part? So everything's automated. I use shipmonk.com and everything's okay. automated. I gave them access, uh, limited access and they receive the orders and they ship and fulfill. And um, their fees are very good. Um, so it's automated. I, I have 2,400 units in their warehouse and I like it. So, so, so that inventory there is what you also use when you're running low in Amazon. I can do B2B uh, shipping. So if I ever had to, I can ship. No, no. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, to replenish Amazon's, the FBA inventory. Right. Like, do you take it from there or you always ship directly from China to Amazon? I ship directly from China to Amazon. But if I had to do, to do so in a crunch, like if I just planned wrong or something like that, yeah. Or have another January 21, which I tripled my sales for some reason. I can mail half of my my uh, inventory from ShipMonk into Amazon. 
So, so, so then wh- wh- why do you have 2,400 units then? Like, it, was this all in mind for your, to, to launch your Shopify or, or yeah. how in the world did that happen? Yes, 100% all okay. in to launch for uh, Shopify. But you got to also remember, I have 24 variations for my first product. Mm. So really, mm-hmm. I only have 100 units per ace. Okay, okay. What was it like, the process of creating the Shopify account? You know, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm assuming, you know, you got your domain and stuff. And then did you have something where it kind of like created your 24 different listings just, you know, pulling from your Amazon account? Or did you have to like create each listing and copy and images one by one and upload it? Or what was that like? Uh, it was definitely a challenge. Um, there are ways to do it, you know, um, automated and everything. And that's something that I chose. Uh, with Shopify, the, the appeal about Shopify is they have an app for it. There's an app for everything you you need. So you just got to find the app for it. And yeah. I found an app that will uh, pull listings by SKU from Amazon into okay. Shopify. Did that 24 times and voila, that was there. Made my adjustments here and there, shortened the, the title to make it to have more sense instead of keyword stuffing, you know, things like that. Sure. Um, and as far as building the website, I, I am not. Uh, the smartest man in the world, but I do know plug and play. And that's exactly what Shopify has. They have all these widgets that you can place wherever you need to place them to uh, make your website look as great as it needs to be. Luckily, I found a a developer who has uh, all in one um, theme for my Shopify store for 80 bucks. And it, it comes with like 30 different templates and everything. And that's important because each template on Amazon, on Shopify is up to $150 each. So I found a theme that has, I mean, a, a developer that has 100 themes in one for 80 bucks. Okay, okay. Retail pricing on Shopify, is it identical to what retail is on Amazon? I'm still working that. Um, I initially had it higher, um, and that was to um, use the strategy of the illusion of free, uh, free shipping because I'm fulfilling for myself, so I have to pay the shipper to fulfill it. And then I went another route. I, I dropped it down to the same price as I have it on Amazon, but offered three options of shipping. And this has been working pretty well for me. I have the expedited two-day shipping, the standard three- to five-day shipping. And then I offer my uh, customers free shipping, And but it's, it's slated for eight to 10 days. But I placed on there 10 to 14 days, just a buffer time, right? Okay. And um, they've been, they've, in one week, I've gotten 40 sales. Okay. And, and so are you, you running, um, like, uh, I mean, do you have any idea about, you know, how much is coming from ads or your audience compared to just yeah. or organic, uh, if any? Shop, I, and this is my first time dealing with Shopify, but they are so intuitive. They have a lot of different reports at your display so they can show you exactly where stuff is coming from. And one major thing that I've learned is that 95%, I'm making that number up, but based on the two numbers that I have, 95% of my impressions to my website have been from mobile phone instead of in the last 5% is from tablet or desktop. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now, now you mentioned, you know, uh, I know you have a community of sellers who, who you help mentor and, and coach and stuff. And, you know, obviously we don't need to say anybody's name or exactly their product or anything, but any cool anecdotes or, or stories about something that happened to somebody in your network that, you know, some cool strategy they discovered or, or like an inspiring story 
you know, that, that happened in, in 2020? I mean, well, let's expound on one of the basic things that uh, every seller needs. And this one particular seller did not have at the time. I have, I was coaching somebody and they got a, a, a photo package from a, a company that didn't put as much love and care as, as a person would in his own business, his or, own, his or her own business. And as I'm looking at his uh, listing to figure out why he's not converting any of his uh, impressions from PPC, I notice that he has a very solid main picture, but all of the other pictures were standard, if not subpar. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, look, you need two live, uh, live lifestyle photos and two infographics that explains what the customer needs to see before reading anything, because... Mm-hmm. You know, when a customer comes to your page, they look at your title, they look at your price, they look at your pictures, they look at your bullet points, and then they make the decision based off the reviews. That's a typical customer. So as they're looking at your pictures, within the first 60 seconds, you have to convince them to dig deeper or to buy. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely do that with infographics. So he added two infographics, and he told me the day he added infographics, he, uh, he was getting around four sales a day. And he said he jumped up to 25 sales a day on average for about three months before he ran out of, out of inventory. And the only thing different was the, the, the graphics. That's it. The infographic. So he can definitely attribute it to that. Yep. Okay. That was it. Two infographics. Nice. Nice. Now I, I remember just something just now that they, and I looked it up just to make sure, but at the end of the last episode we did last year, you had said that your goal to, for 2020 was to hit 350 thousand in gross revenue and you obviously uh crushed that so what about 2021 750k 750k all right there you have it guys you you heard it here first between the three amazon marketplaces and uh shopify 750k is the new goal now what do you think is going to consist of that growth just expanding your current products are you planning to launch a third and fourth are you planning to expand to Amazon Europe or, or anything else? So here's the rest of the plan. Um, I am currently looking into, the reason I picked shipmonk.com is because they also fulfill to retail stores. Um, my next goal is to apply for QVC. You know, HSC okay. slash QVC. And I want to um, do big there. Um, after that, I have a goal to become a, a, a DME product, which is durable medical equipment product. And if I become a DME product, I can then solicit to um, medical insurers to have my mm-hmm. product insured to, uh, or prescribed, excuse me, to uh, patients. And if that happens, I, I can see that being a million dollar deal. Nice. Nice. So that, I mean, that, that's not even what you're planning uh, on the the 750k. That's in addition to that. that. That would be just icing on the on the cake right there. Yeah, I want to secure the goal. The ten step goal that I had that near the end of this year was to secure um, either um, VA Health with my prescript uh, DME product or Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as you're expanding your business, you know, obviously it's more work. You know, uh, now you got. Four, four, basically four marketplaces. You're managing more sales every day. You know, more customer service requests, more ordering, more accounting, more this, more that. Uh, I know your family's not. You know, uh, you don't have a full family operation there. So, right. 
have you come to the point where you've had to to hire uh, help, uh, or are you still handling everything by yourself? I'm currently still handling every um, everything by myself, and a, a good motivator or inspire person that tells um, told me something that I'm going to live by is um, there's a threshold in your growth where you're going to see yourself having to hire someone or where you're going to balance making it a full-time job or, you know, passive money to where you can go live your life. And I want to, I want to straddle that line right there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to hire anyone to, to run the business, but I also want to get enough money to where I can consider it passive income and go work from Tahiti. You know, I like it. They, you know, you, you know, my Maldives, uh, honeymoon, uh, strategy, but, uh, last year, uh, during COVID there, there was one resort over there where, where they're like, Hey, you know, you pay us $40,000 or something. And then you could like live on in the resort for, for like the whole year with all your expenses paid and, and this or that. So, that's, so that's a done deal. Yeah. Maldives is, 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 you know, Tahiti, Maldives, Bora Bora. Well, let, let's do it. That's a done deal. <laughs> Guys, you know, th- this is a great story because, you know, I don't remember when he, he retired exactly, uh, but I remember, I-, I could just imagine, you know, if this is 2016, 2017, Duran's there in the last, you know, bit of his employment with the military, you, you could say, and-, and and imagining that he was going to be, a, I believe, a GameStop. He wants to work either at GameStop or as a Walmart, as a Walmart greeter. And then to if somebody were to come up to you, Sharon, and say, you know, in two years, you're going to be on a podcast where you're talking about increasing your gross sales from $450,000 a year to $750,000 and buying uh, new cars for your wife and, you know, being a coach for a lot of uh, up and coming Amazon sellers, you probably would have thought they were crazy. Would have. Yep. I I would have never guessed it. I love it. I love it. We love hearing stories like that. You know, everybody on the show comes from, comes from a different walk of life and a different background, but it really, you know, cases like yours really show that, you know, you don't need any kind of special e-commerce, you know, degree, like you don't need some doctorate, uh, uh, or some bachelor's degree in e-commerce to be successful. Anybody with whatever background, as long as you dedicate yourself to the work and learning the trade and, and have a good work ethic, um, you have the potential for success. You know, nobody's guaranteed success. I mean, it's not just, Oh, I'm going to work as hard as I can. And, and, and you're guaranteed success, you know, nope. You know, you got to have the right strategies and things like that too, but Hey, you can, you can put yourself, no matter what background you come from, you can put yourself in a good position to have a nice uh, taste of success in the Amazon world. And, and you're definitely uh, living proof of that. So thanks for coming on the show. And if people want to, you know, reach out to you to, to, to find you on the interwebs out there, how can they, uh, how can they find you? Oh, the best way to find me is through my um, Facebook messenger, Sharon Hardiman. The name will be in the, uh, the podcast. Uh, but if you want to email me, SharonH at gmail.com. Uh, that's where I'm taking people to consider for coaching. I don't coach just anybody. I want to make sure that you are financially ready to some degree and apt, you know, apt to learning. And those are the two ways that you can um, definitely contact me. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, maybe in the summer of, of 2022 or, or spring or so, we're going to hit you up and, and I'm going to check if you, if you hit that goal for this year and, and, uh, wish you the, the best of success, the rest of uh, 2021. I appreciate it. And I have a goal to finish. I love it. Love it.